to another episode of the Next In Line podcast brought to you by the RFK Refugees Sports Network. Uh, today in the booth, you got Adam Davis here, and uh, I'm going to be talking at you um, on a little bit of a special edition, I guess not really special edition um, episode, but think of it kind of like a pre-game episode or pre-match episode, however you want to say it, um, as we are, as I'm recording right now on the afternoon of Wednesday, June 21st, and obviously this evening, uh, the boys are down in Alabama, taking on Birmingham Legion to uh, play a midweek match, and so this is hopefully something you're able to listen to on the way to the fixture, to, to watching the fixture, or if you're going down there um, to the fixture itself. But you know, perhaps you're going to be uh, heading home and watching it over dinner with your family, or you're going to be heading out like I will be with the Loudon Stampede and watching it out at the Percivalville Pub out in Percivalville, Virginia. Um, and uh, on your way out there, maybe you want to. Listen to a little breakdown of, of what we got cooking. Um, first off, just a little shout out to another W, another win over Miami FC. Uh, I think that we we did a little projecting both here on the podcast and on Twitter that this is a team uh, when we when we took on Miami. It's a team that we're going to get scoring opportunities on and uh, against, it, and we were going to have chances to score. And it looks like we capitalized on on the majority of those. We were extremely extremely fruitful. Um, the, the first goal came from a, uh, a foul on Wesley Leggett, which got a note and talk about uh, the, the attacking options that, that Coach Martin put out there. But, but, but Wes uh, got fouled inside the box and got up and I think took another, another separate foul that um, maybe wasn't even as, as harsh as the first one, but, but certainly the, the ref couldn't let that happen twice within a few seconds, um, all while maintaining possession of the ball in a very skillful way. Uh, earned a, a penalty for the team, and Zach Ryan slotted home his eighth of the season uh, for the USL Championship and ninth, or excuse me, tenth on all competitions, making him the third ever player in Loud United history to score ten goals uh, in a single season, or ten goals at, at all, or ten or more uh, double digits um, at all. So uh, cool, a uh, little statistic there, and uh, welcome to an elite group of a short young franchise but nonetheless I think he is uh, quickly etching his name in stone in, in folklore of the Loudoun United uh, history so great stuff uh, the the second goal came off of uh, a, a unworldly tackle by by Daniel Chica great uh, sight to watch the ball come off of an attacking player's legs and uh, some some smart play by Coa Santos uh, sacrificing himself and uh, and the midfield driving the ball forward to uh, get Jackson Hopkins the ball uh, on the left, who cut made an inside cut and, and uh, wonderfully placed a uh, a a ball with uh, with a bit of English on it, I guess you'd say, into uh, into the net, uh, not not the upper ninety, but certainly taking advantage of a goalkeeper not in the best position. And uh, the, those two goals uh, were enough to, to get the win, uh, Hopkins being the winner because we did concede in the second half. But uh, two, on a, on a set play, excuse me, on a free kick set play by none other than a former Loudon player, Christian Sorto, uh, continuing the, the, the streak that we have of being scored on by former Loudon players. Total bummer. But 
Uh, Miami's in the rear view now, uh, a team that is currently being looked at at the, at the, the dredges, the, the, the lowest parts of the power rankings uh, across both, uh, all, all of the power rankings that you get, you get across Twitter, Twitterverse, um, through the USL Tactics or through the USL Championships website. So um, it's, good. it's good that we came out victorious and uh, onward and upward against a team that is certainly more middle of the pack or more upper half uh, of the league. Uh, being Birmingham Legion, and um, <laughs> of course, who, who I've already mentioned. So, um, last shout out, of, of course, and just to say, it, it was awesome to see this formation. Uh, this was an, an aggressive attacking formation that, that Coach Ryan Martin uh, deployed out there, throwing Jackson Hopkins, Zach Ryan, Tommy Williamson, and Wesley Leggett. I mean, every available healthy player that can play in a center forward or striking position, he threw out there um, in a very, very fluid attacking four uh, where you were seeing Zach Ryan swing out to the left and Hopkins swing back into an, an attacking midfield role and, and Leggett making darting runs inward but but Tommy Williamson also swinging out to the right and swapping with him as, as play set on. Um, I, I think it worked really well in, in tandem with, with with the midfield the opportunities that, that Landry who had another great game uh, having come back and, and Rocha were able to provide um, another shout out to Zane, who is continuing to do well. It wasn't his best game, but do well at a at a fullback position that he is not. Uh, he was not brought in to do, I don't believe. Uh, and, and so that was great to see. Cole Santos. I mean, you don't even need to talk about him. He just continues to be one of the best, if not the best, player on the field any given day. Dane Jacobman. Jacobman is is showing why he believes the entire time he should have been the starter. Um, despite Hugo Ferro getting the nod a couple of times here and there. I think that he's gotten the nod as a result of, of Hugo's uh, maybe an injury that happened or, or, or something of the sort. Or, or Actually, I believe I think I saw that he is expecting, um, his, his wife is expecting a kid here soon in the next coming days. And so maybe that's why Dane got the look he got. But it looks like he is supplanting Hugo, unfortunately, for, for Hugo. Uh, in, in that number one spot because of the way he's been able to play out of the back and the way he's been able to distribute the ball and, and the saves he, are, he is making that are m- making constantly, uh, uh, you know, just constantly being noticed across the league. Uh, this past week, Not I think he got the save of the week uh, against FC Tulsa for, for that week, but he wasn't in the top four this most recent weekend in the Miami game, even though he made a couple of pretty good saves. But uh, I think there were three penalty saves, all bottom right, uh, by goalkeepers. And that, that's just hard to get in there uh, when, when keepers are making penalty saves. Um, boring as it may be when they're all the exact same place, but still. Um, and then finally, a huge nod to uh, the, the center back pairing. You know, n- not our first choice center back pairing that I think we, we started the season with. Well, I don't think that we expected to have a Kinboni. I think that we thought he'd be. Uh, used more heavily by DC United, but between him and, and Chica, those were two solid performances they they put out there. Jace Clark came in, uh, maybe maybe kind of ventured a little further upfield than I anticipated expected him to do, um, but but he came in as well. Um, uh, a shout out to Isaac Spinal. We saw him on the bench, uh, didn't get any minutes yet. Still waiting for him to to see him get his opportunity. Hopefully that comes soon. Um, of course, of course, Garay, Ramirez, and Kawanda. You're getting, you know, solid performances off the bench as they come and relieve players, and and the, the formation and tactics change. And then a final shout out to Ethan Pendleton, who got his first, I believe, roster spot, uh, game day roster spot of the season. Um, the uh, defender out of the DC United Academy. So, uh, you know, as as we're 
seen players depart. Uh, Hayden Sargis being the most recent one back to DC and, and, and things going back and forth. Uh, you're going to see players like Ethan Pendleton slot in as we, as we continue to wait for um, our uh, defensive reinforcements to, to get healthy being Cole Turner and Giannis Learman. Um, but uh, yeah, so we may see, may see some minutes from him in the near future uh, before his maybe departure with a MLS next type roster uh, coming here soon. We'll, we'll, we'll see, but um, that's all on, on Miami, you know, moving forward to the Birmingham game. Um, Birmingham Legion is a team that is ahead of us in the standings. That's, that's just, we'll start with that. Uh, they are not a team that we are, I think they're three points ahead of us. So it doesn't seem like much. Um, they currently have, they don't have a lot of draws, whereas Miami, like the king of draws, uh, they've got six wins, one draw and seven losses. And a lot of those losses have come recently, three of which are in the last five games with, they also had two wins. Um, also in that time, they had a win and a loss during the U S open cup run, uh, which they were just recently knocked out of. Um, they're, they're sixth in, in the Eastern conference. We are depending upon which you know table you look at. We are eighth, meaning we're just barely in a playoff spot. And it's only by, uh, by record, not by goal differential. Uh, our, our position continues to change. FOTMOB had, had us rated, put it at ninth and I think Google at eighth and then, uh, earlier this week, USL Championship had us in, in seventh, but they've recently corrected that and put us in eighth. It's a little bit hectic, uh, but I'm sure that gets ironed out the, the later we get in the season. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're, they're scoring 1.4 goals a match. That's compared to Loudon's 1.2 goals a match. So similar to Miami, these are this is an attacking team. They know how to score goals. They know how to, how, how to pump out numbers. Um, they're also conceding 1.7 goals a match compared to Loudon's 1.6. So again, similar to Miami, this is a team that is leaky defense. They're, they are allowing goals. We will get opportunities in front of goal. We will, we will get opportunities inside the six or just you know, inside the box to take shots. And whether or not we can capitalize on those, it's another one of those games where um, our ability to, to, to finish uh, an attacking play is going to be the determinant of whether we're in this game or, or not. Um, I, you know, I think a lot of people listening are going to remember the 3-0 win that we had uh, back in like the fourth or fifth week of the season, uh, that that really started the, uh, Birmingham skid where they were at the top of the table and they've they fell significantly since then. Um, but a couple of things of note: that three 0 win that we had was at home. That was at Segra. We're going to be playing in Birmingham. Um, they were also resting some key key players. Enzo Martinez, probably their big star player, was not playing. And uh, Tyler Pasher, one of the best players, uh, a proverbial winner in, in the USL Championship, uh, didn't even travel uh, with with the, with the guys. So, um, also, uh, just a quick note that I I believe the big news coming out of Birmingham right now is, is that they recently added a uh, a new owner in in their ownership group, and that's uh, Dominic Wilkins, who is an NBA Hall of Famer um, and, and has has a huge um, uh, network or a lot of experience uh, working in, in the NBA and, and adding to the uh, continued expansion of of owners and, and big names across uh, the industry of, of of all U.S. sports, getting their hands on and in uh, the the soccer world. And this is just a good thing. This is awesome news. Um, it, it's it's great for Birmingham fans, obviously, because the injection of potential funds and backing and 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 the continued to uh, concrete an amazing franchise and. Uh, in the into the future and, and propel them into the future and, uh, and move them forward. But also, it's just great news for for soccer in general in America as, as this sport continues to be looked at in, in a more and more serious light and, um, and and being done so 
in in you know six and seven figure deals by new ownership groups uh, across the league. It's just awesome. Um, you know, it, it's I would argue. Um, well, I mean, the messy thing is going to be bigger in the long term for American soccer and U.S. soccer, but it just shows that even even down at, in in the USL Championship, which I don't say down because we're a league below the MLS, we're on we're on level playing field. I'll say it right now. I'll say it again. Um, we we compete with, but um, but we all know. I think that the MLS is, is maybe a step above uh, in some regards, but. This is, is great news for just U.S. soccer as a whole. So if you want to check out Dominic Wilkins, if you're not a huge NBA fan, um, check out this Hall of Famer. He's, he's awesome. Uh, he's got a great career um, and, and is no, uh, he, he's, not, uh, he's very, very familiar with success. And so he will bring more success to Birmingham. And I imagine that this will be a highlight of, of the, the pre-match ceremonies and fun going on in Birmingham as the lads go out there and, and, and take them on. So... More to the tactical side of things, let's talk about who to look for in a Birmingham kit this evening. Um, number one, I already mentioned Enzo Martinez. Uh, you got to remember this guy is—he's probably one of the best players in the league right now. But he is—he uh, was rested last time out uh, against us. He didn't come on until the second half, right? So we did see him, but he was a little bit burnt. Um, they've had a 10-day rest before their most recent game. Their their most recent win. And they're playing at home again, so expect him to probably start. I think they'll take us a little more seriously after that that three nil uh, trumping that we we handed them. Um, he is uh, the leading goal scorer for the team, with uh, Nico Brett and Alex. I think he has six goals, and Nico Brett and Alex Cognell are probably uh, number two and three. They each have three and two goals. Um, also in the conversation that assist leader number the number two assist leader is Enzo Martinez meaning that his total goal contributions at eight the leader leader for um for Birmingham uh, again a name you want to look for he is the uh, central cog to that midfield and, and providing um uh, opportunities for the attackers to, to make moves uh Prosper Kasim is the leader for assists on the team with four and Nico Brett also with two uh, meaning he's got three goals and, and two assists on the season so far. Uh, I like to cite FOTMOB a lot because they are a great resource for information. If you're just looking for random stats and fun, um, they also have a pretty nice uh, algorithm to building out player ratings. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good. And um, if you're a follower of like the highest tiers, like Champions League and, and English Premier League, La Liga and all those things, it, they're pretty accurate out there too. And I like the fact that they dive into the USL Championships uh, ratings as well. Um, so if you look at player ratings, Tyler Pasher, who, again, did not travel to Loudoun for their match earlier this season, is their highest-rated player. He has a 7.17. Uh, Enzo Martinez with a 7.13, and Alex Crognell with a 7.03 are number two and three at their highest rated. Um, that's significant because we have five players of which all sit higher than that. First off, Kasao Samake, no longer on the roster, is our highest-rated FOTMOB player at 7.4. Khalil Medkar didn't play last game out. Failed to mention that. Uh, hopefully healthy to go for this go-round uh, at 7.33. Nanan Hassal Landry at 7.27. And uh, I believe Zach Ryan and uh, one other name as well. That's escaping me. I didn't write down. Is also rated either at or higher than, than Tyler Pasher, their highest rated player. Meaning that they're getting opportunities, but they're not playing consistently. Um, and a last statistic uh, for them is that Matt Von Okel, their goalkeeper, is third in the league in goals conceded per 90. But a quick note that Hugo Ferro is 
second in goals conceded per 90. Um, so just a quick rundown of, of where what what Loudon is doing well and what Loudon may not be doing well. Um, they are Loudon right now is fifth in the league on shots on target per match. That's with 4.6 uh, with a shot conversion rate at 7.8 percent. It's not the best. Uh, certainly not top 10 stuff there, but. Uh, but but at least they're putting shots on target. That's something that has changed drastically in the last few weeks, uh, and you're seeing that stat continue to, to climb. Um, accurate passes per match. Loudon is currently sitting at seventh with 360, 359 and a half technically uh, accurate passes per match, uh, and that's a pass accuracy of 79%, which is above average. Uh, you're looking toward the, the middle of the table, but not as good as maybe Phoenix Rising's 84.5 or Indy 11's 83%, uh, even El Paso, who's I think the, the out-and-out probably favorite right now to win the entire league is at 82.2%. So um, that's good. You know, there's room for improvement. I think that passing and Pass accuracy and possession were, were a big proponent of, of Martin Ball in, in the past and um, maybe not as significant right now as getting those opportunities on goal. Um, accurate long balls per match. Loudon is sitting at 7th in the league at 29.9 accurate long balls per match. And that's at a success rate of 44.5%. Again, we're in that kind of above average, middle of the pack at the percentage point. But the fact that we are getting that many out there, even if it's not happening, it's happening less than 50% is is pretty awesome. You know, you're looking at probably Phoenix Rising again with uh, over 53% of their long balls being successful. Unreal numbers. Even Tampa Bay Rowdies, a future opponent, opponent we have coming up at 51%. Those are really, really good numbers. Um, Loudon is kind of tied at first, uh, right now with, uh, with penalties awarded at four. There's four teams that have four penalties awarded, but Hartford, even though they have four awarded, they're at a conversion rate of a hundred percent. We have missed one. And so we are at 75%, meaning that we're tied in second, uh, overall on that statistic. All in all right now, you have to say, that Loudon is not top three really in any of the important uh, categories, whether that just be their general ratings, goals per match, um, you know, goals conceded per match. You know, it's good not to be uh, in the top three for that, right? Uh, average possession or clean sheets, but you are seeing us continue to edge upward, uh, and, and that's something to be excited about. You know, this eight, seven, eight game losing streak, depending on how, if you look at the U.S. Open Cup match loss. Uh, to Columbus, it was a really tough time, and in, in, uh, in all the fans, you know, statistically, we were just getting just trounced, you know, absolutely stepped on, uh, and we weren't getting shots off, we weren't getting goals, we were not providing um, a- actual opportunities, and the last two weeks, that has changed significantly, you know, you hope to see this continue to trend upward, I think those were two matches that were, were winnable they were uh games we should have won they both are teams that sit below us on the table uh we got hartford coming down the pike as well here in the, in the coming weeks um which is the other the, the third team that's below us on the table but now we're up against birmingham legion uh a team that sits uh, uh well ahead of us you know at least three points ahead of us um uh, on the season and and so uh you hope that uh we can we can go against a maybe uh, an opponent that's above us and and, and have a similar outcome um and then Tampa Bay Rowdies is a team that's really going to you know, probably knock us around, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Oh, and here, going back to it, it's Coa Santos, who is in fourth right now in Fatma Arabia. I'm pulling up 
my uh, my information I had written elsewhere, and and he's got a 7.24 with Zach Ryan at 7.17. That's four players who were at or above uh, the highest rated player on FOTMOB for the Birmingham Legion. Um, even Giannis Learman is above their, their second highest rated at a 7.07. And then you start to get into Ro- uh, Aiden Rocha, Bryce Washington, Tommy Williamson, all who are just below that seven-point line. Um, last quick fun note, if you're a follower of USL Imperialism on Reddit, you'll notice that uh, Loudon has a ton of territory. Uh, means nothing if they lose tonight to Birmingham Legion. Well, it means a lot to Birmingham, who takes all that territory. But uh, if... If the lads tie or win and retain all that <laughs> land, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, USL imperialism is a breakdown of every county in the country, and and, and everybody starts with like the the counties closest to their their stadium or their headquarters. And uh, as the season goes on, and you you win, you you take the team teams counties that that you have won, and it gets to the point where we are now halfway through the season where there's only like five teams on the board. Um, so there's rarely an opportunity for any land grab between teams unless a team that's on the board is playing another team that's on the board. Otherwise, it just kind of switches between uh, teams, and then whoever has the most territory at the end, I guess, wins. Uh, kind of silly, but a little fun thing that uh, some some other mega nerds like myself uh, like to follow. And... Um, Again, if if Loudon ties or wins tonight, then their next match is against Tampa, and Tampa Bay has, I believe, the third or fourth most land. I don't have a breakdown of the counties. I think Loudon might have the most, maybe the second most land. Um, so uh, it would be a huge opportunity, as, as silly as that sounds. Um, and, and that to say, I think that the real opportunity is, is tonight. If we're talking about actually um, from a fan's perspective, the opportunity lies in uh, in this test and seeing what what the guys are made of. You know, are they capable of of, of taking it to a team that may have a, a little more depth, may have a little more opportunities, and and is, is comfortable, really comfortable playing at home, got a lot to play for, trying to impress a new owner, uh, or, or is this are, are they going to choke on the road? Um, you know, they haven't had the best road record, despite coming off of a really good win against Miami. Um, and, and kind of you know throwing the anchor down when it was necessary and maintaining ball control when it was needed. Uh, are we going to see Khalil Elmedkar back in the lineup, or are we going to see that same attacking four with Hopkins, Williamson, Leggett, and, and Ryan up top? Um, are, are we going to see the, the same midfield pair and the same center back pair? I don't know. I don't know when, when Learman comes back. I don't know when, when Turner comes back. Um, but you're, you're seeing things, you know, international duty uh, out in D.C. United has impacted uh, our ability to, to keep players here at Segra, its impact and injuries, um, such as the most recent, uh, that one of their, their left midfielders just got injured. Yeah, yeah, Mohamed Yehazi just got injured. So will, will that impact uh, player call-ups uh, from Loudon? You hope not. It, it definitely makes me um, a salty little boy. But, you know, hey, um, it, it is part of the business, and, and no one's asking my opinion about it. So um, you also hope that uh, the guys are able to bring in uh, another player or two before the season ends to really help us compete down the stretch. Um, you know, knowing that Alex Nagy and uh, Kwame Uwa are both gone, gone. Um, wondering if Bryce Washington also is injured and how long that might be for. You just kind of hope that there's some, some more depth and that we don't only see folks from the academy coming in uh, you want them to have their opportunities but I think this is a team that is capable of competing and really has the best shot in our franchise's history of making a playoff appearance and not to say that should be the only goal we have th- this year but 
but it would be darn cool if we could see a playoff match not only have a playoff match be played but maybe even host one um i know we're a long way off from that point right now but uh we're not even at the halfway point of the season we got two more matches until the halfway point um and uh at that point once we get closer to it i'll start to break down a little more uh, analysis on how who's doing well this year um and who's not doing well uh, where where players stand, who kind of is, is the front runner for player of the year, and in my opinion, who's who's the front runner for some other superlatives. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's probably not a surprise that Zach Ryan, Kalela Medkar, Koa Santos, and, and I'd say Nanan Landry are probably all the front runners for player of the year. Um, young player of the year, I, I would say the leaders Abdul Zane. Um, you know, maybe maybe Daniel Chica. Um, and, and a number of other things, you know, you got to factor in a lot of stuff, not just performances, but, but general man, man of the match awardees, you know, Khalil Medkar getting the most of those right now with, with, with five, if you count, uh, if you count matches where we didn't actually get the man of the match, but it was just the best performing Loudon player out there. Um, uh, and, and Zach Ryan with three. So, um, and Tommy Williams, Tommy Williamson's got two as well. And that's something not to, not to forget about. He had an amazing performance against Flower City Union. Um, so yeah, that's it. Uh, hopefully this episode wasn't too long, uh, as you, as you make your trek out to Percival pub or wherever you're hopefully going to be able to get a chance to watch, uh, the lads take on Birmingham Legion, uh, on this rainy and nasty Wednesday. Uh, hopefully it's not raining down there or if it is, hopefully that benefits us. But, uh, either way, it's been great talking to you all as always. And, uh, yeah, signing out.